Before we dive into today's episode, I couldn't wait to tell you about something I am so excited about. I've been working on this and dreaming it up for a long time, and the waitlist is finally open for my debut program, Season School. It's going to be a group coaching program where I guide you through how embracing and leaning in to the seasons will help you find more contentment, simplicity, and peace in the life that you already have. We're going to dive into eating seasonally, uh, seasonal activities, ways to combat seasonal depression, how you can be a better parent by living seasonally, just literally all the things. So if you're interested or at least want to check it out a little bit more and find out more information, you can head to my website, ashtoncope.com slash season school. That's ashtoncope.com slash season school to join the waitlist and you'll get emails from me where I'm letting you in on what I'm working on, how it's coming along, what you can expect, and just a lot of other fun things, um, some seasonal living goodies that uh, I might give away to my waitlist before I even put them into the program. So if you join the waitlist, there's no obligation to join the program, um, but if you do end up deciding that it is for you, you will get a never again offered pricing for early bird waitlisters that um, will be significantly less money than what it will be when I release it to the general public. So who doesn't love to save money? But if you end up not joining the program, that's okay too. I got to still serve you lots of seasonal living goodies on the email list, and maybe in the future we'll have a chance to work together. So uh, to join that wait list, you can head to my website, ashtoncope.com slash season school, and I hope to see you there. Hello, friend. I'm Ashton Cope. I absolutely love food, eating, cooking, and most of all, talking about it. I've also always been so drawn and fascinated by the changing of the seasons and how it can affect our lives. A couple of years ago, I decided to start approaching our meals and routines from a seasonal perspective, and through plenty of trial and error, my family's life has changed for the better and we're never looking back. My mission is to help you tune into the seasons in your own way, embrace the change, and love yourself a little more through the process. This is the Eat Your Seasons podcast. So if you've been following me for any length of time, I've been hinting at this type of content for a while. Um, I've started to steer my conversations and our conversations into this direction. And today is the day that I'm going to stop hinting. I'm going to stop being coy and I'm going to spell out exactly what I've been studying, practicing, and consuming myself with over the past year or two. That's the concept of seasonal living. So what is that? Well, if you Google what is seasonal living, you'll find this definition from yogiapproved.com. So it says this, to live seasonally is to consciously surrender to the inevitable changes within and around us on a moment by moment basis. Seasonal living is about allowing for those different periods without being attached to any one of them and trusting that there will be a return of all phases in due course. And well, yes, that is a pretty comprehensive description, if I do say so myself, of seasonal living. 
it's a little too yogi or like woo woo for my taste. So I'm going to give you my cliff notes version, my elevator pitch version, quick description, however you want to call it. And then you can see it from my eyes and understand why I love it so much. So seasonal living to me is the ability and the desire to lean in and embrace each season as it comes, making the absolute most of it while it's here, being grateful for the season we're in and excited for the ones to come. And it's basically a way to take all of the best parts of minimalism, slow living, huga, which is in case you're not familiar, the lifestyle of like chasing and pursuing coziness. And then you're going to implement all of those little, small, simple aspects of each of those lifestyles in your life that you already have so that you can find more peace, contentment, and joy in the life that you've already created for yourself. Because a lot of these new concepts are almost requiring like a complete overhaul of the things that you're already doing. And the thing about seasonal living that I love is like we're doing most of it already. So that's what I love. Have you downloaded my free seasonal produce guide yet? Why not? It's the most user-friendly, comprehensive guide I've ever made. With every single piece of produce and when you can expect it to be in season based on the time of year and month, you're doing yourself a disservice by not utilizing it in your kitchen. With the choice of a PDF or printer-friendly version, you can use it on the go and keep it somewhere safe to use at home. I put mine on the fridge and I've already used it three times this week to plan our weeknight meals. To grab your copy and start eating seasonally in the easiest way possible, head to ashtoncope.com slash seasonal produce guide and grab your PDF, printer version, or both. That's ashtoncope.com slash seasonal produce guide and start enjoying your seasons and all the eats they have to offer even more. Now, these tiny little changes have been so effortless and gradual that I never felt like I was taking on some new concept that I couldn't handle because it was so in alignment with my goals. And I don't mean goals like for things I want to accomplish. I mean goals for the things and the ways that I wanted to feel. So just to name a few of those goals that I've been able to meet, aka the benefits I've experienced, here they go. I'm less stressed out. I have way more mental clarity and headspace. I'm able to regularly reevaluate the clutter in my life and clear it away, both physically and mentally. I'm able to more clearly distinguish and allocate quality time with my husband and my kids rather than the constant fog of being in the same room together without actually enjoying each other's company which I was experiencing constantly. Now, for the record, we do still do this because what even is a family if you don't zone out in the same room and chill separate but together? (laughs) But the difference now is that I'm designating times, even if it's just five or 10 minutes throughout our day where I give my totally undivided attention to my family And that could look like playing Barbies with the girls and setting a timer for 10 minutes. Seriously, the girls know that I absolutely despise playing Barbies. So that timer helps me focus on them and not on like constantly glancing at the clock to see how long I've been playing because one minute feels like an hour. 
So that could also look like having one of my deep chats with my husband, Joe, in the dim light of our kitchen after we've put the kids to bed with a glass of wine in hand and no phones in sight, just us. I want to take a second and I want to really emphasize these little pockets of time that I've started carving out of my day. I was in the vicious cycle of chores, work, dinner, bed for years. Once the girls were old enough to play on their own more, I really let things get away from me and I was just going through the motions of the things I was supposed to do and like never really living my life. Life is for the living. Everyone was always fed. They were always snuggled. They were always kissed. They were always hugged. They were cared for when they were sick. They were clothed in clean, fresh, well-fitting clothing. And our house was tidy for the most part with kids most of the days. But I completely lost myself in it. Every night when I would go to bed, the mom guilt would just eat me alive. I would think things like, I never even played with the girls today. I never even asked Joe how his day was. I don't even know what any of them like to do when I'm busy during the day. I totally took for granted those precious years of the girls being old enough to hang out with me and too young for school. I figured, well, we're together all day. Of course we're spending enough time together. But were we? That's a really personal question and the answers will vary, but for me, it wasn't good enough. Another vicious cycle that I found myself stuck in and constantly riddled with guilt over is constantly feeling dissatisfied with my life and with myself during the colder months and not really knowing why. There are only so many things you can do in the winter when you live in a frigid, snowy climate. And rather than embracing the fact that that's actually a luxury, I would guilt trip myself and feel like a total failure for having a lazy day or not accomplishing anything, not being productive enough. Even when there was absolutely nothing that needed to be done, I would finish a movie or binge a series and then feel absolutely horrible like I hadn't contributed anything for the day. And this is after I'd cleaned the house, washed the dishes, started a load of laundry, fed the girls and the dogs, and so forth. Not that I even needed to earn a chance to relax, because for the record, you do not ever need to earn rest. But that those were the types of toxic ideals swirling through my head at the time. So the bottom line is, I had just completely lost who I even was and what I even liked or wanted in the pursuit of trying to hurry and accomplish my way through life. Like a clean house is the measure of the type of wife or mother that you are. And for the record, it isn't. And when you look at life from that perspective of scarcity, like you'll never measure up unless you X, Y, Z. You'll never find peace, contentment, or joy. So, the opposite of that scarcity would be an abundance mindset. And in this case, it would sound a little something like this. Wow, I have so much to be grateful for. I have this roof over our heads and it's so much easier to relax in this space when it's tidy. 
my kids even get to have their own room with toys that they love. And I'm being a great mom when I teach them the importance of cleaning up after themselves. Also, when I teach them the importance of independent play, for the record. We have dressers full of clothing, and I have the privilege of making them smell so good every single time I do the laundry. Who doesn't love putting on a sweatshirt that smells like it just came out of the dryer or climbing into a bed with fresh sheets? For me, that is one of the purest forms of luxury. I have a fridge full of food and I can turn all of those ingredients into something tasty that will give my family nourishment and energy. Even if that nourishment comes in the form of dinosaur chicken nuggets, or as the girls and I call them, chicken nuggies and mac and cheese. I have so much. And when you feel so grateful for what you have, you take so much more pride in it. So seasonal living is the quickest and easiest way to find simplicity in the life that you've already created for yourself. It's the best way to fully love and appreciate that life. It's also the rawest, longest standing way of life since the seasons were made before we even were. Think about it. We know that the opening verse in the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in the third verse, God said, let there be light. And he created night and day. In verse 14, he created luminaries or the stars and said they will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. And then in verse 16, he created the sun and moon, which we know have a great deal of responsibility when it comes to our seasons. Man isn't introduced until way down in the 26th verse, which means that those seasons and patterns were all that we as humans would ever know. Now, bear with me, that's obviously the biblical approach. And for me, that is the most compelling and inspiring. But if you're more of a black and white textbook thinker, stay with me. Science backs up this theory that our bodies are meant to transition seasonally as well. So first of all, let's all agree that the amount of effort that we put in 24-7 is not meant to be put in 24-7. What I mean by that is we're supposed to take breaks and rest. And when we don't, our work suffers. Our mental health suffers. Our relationships suffer and so forth. This is a big reason that seasonal living is so beneficial. If you break the seasons down, each one is, generally speaking, meant to be enjoyed a certain way. So here we go. Let me break it down for you. Fall is for preparing. Historically speaking, and from a nature perspective, fall is when we prepare our lives for the winter. That used to mean canning, preserving foods, winding down our gardens, gathering and stocking up firewood. And for many today, that actually still does mean that. A lot of people are starting to get back into those patterns because it is good to be self-sufficient. And for animals, that looks like stockpiling their food for the winter months or feasting and preparing to hibernate. And in a more modern way, that means that businesses are gearing up for the holiday shopping months. Families are preparing for those long weekends together, trying to tie up all those loose ends at work so that they can take time off during the holidays. 
Schools are often preparing for all the testing and the end of marking period tasks like parent-teacher conferences and checkpoint assessments and all of those things, which all make sense because according to new research from Sunnybrook Health Science Center and the University of Toronto, autumn is when our brains are working their best, leading to higher productivity compared to cooler months when we may tend to feel sluggish. Our distractions are more limited with summer activities being a thing of the past and winter excitement hasn't quite arrived. So of course it would make sense that fall is for productivity and preparation. So that being said, that means that winter is for resting. We can't just go, go, go. We have to take, we, we put in all of our effort in the fall. We really prepared. We did everything that we could. Winter is for resting. And while we don't actually hibernate as humans, the shorter windows of daylight can attribute to us feeling sleepier or at the very least more in search of comfort and rest. And winter's a great time to implement those Hugo practices in your life or better yet, the Scottish concept of kuri. Kuri, I'm probably not saying it right. It's like kuri, which includes leisurely outdoor time followed by warm, cozy indoor fun. And how wonderful does that sound? Winter's often when people pick up new hobbies or get back into reading. And winter is scientifically proven to be the best time to learn new things, which is perfect because we have more time to challenge our brains to tinker away at a new skill or an interest while our bodies are resting. According to the Maryland Primary Care Physicians official website, there's evidence suggesting that our brains work better at cooler temperatures. One study found that 62 degrees was the best for school children to learn. And other research found that people study better when the weather is cold. I hope your house is a little bit warmer than 62 degrees, but probably not much if you live where I live and heating is expensive. (laughs) But Yeah, so clearly, winter is for resting. That means that once the resting is done, spring is for refreshing. It's a time to start getting outside again and digging in the dirt. It's a time when people are looking to eat healthier and start working on their landscaping when they're seeing the new green growth popping up everywhere. It's a time when we're finding our way back to productivity, but we're really prioritizing our health and our well-being. We're cleaning up our houses. We're getting fresh air back inside after months of being cooped up. We're feeling more social again, which means that we're keeping our spaces a little bit tidier so that we can start inviting friends over again. And scientifically speaking, our insulin sensitivity is actually higher in the spring because the weather is starting to warm up, which means that our cells are absorbing more sugar from our blood to use for energy or storage. And that can encourage fat loss. It can promote natural detoxing in our bodies. And that basically means that while you're spring cleaning your house, your body is working hard to do the same as the temperatures rise. Lastly, summer is meant for play. Now, of course, there's a time and a place for everything. And we can't just stop working because it's beautiful outside and the kids don't have school as much as we might like to. But what we can do is prioritize play. So just a few of the scientific reasons that summer is for play are 
even if you don't get out of work until five, it's dark until nine in the summer. So you can fit in those evening walks, those sunset games of touch football and that backyard playtime in. On top of that, the warm weather in the sunshine boosts our serotonin levels in our brains, which energizes us and makes us more positive and upbeat. So we have the ability to do those things and we have the desire and the energy to do them. Whereas during the winter, a lot of our energy and that get up and go attitude is kind of simmering on low on that back burner, just like to put it in food terms. Also, most of us have a pretty large decrease in screen time during the summer because we're spending more of our daylight hours outside and off of our phones. And that means that the majority of the light that our brains are processing is natural light rather than artificial. And that frees up brain space, allowing us to be calmer, be able to relax more and to not feel like we're in a rush. And it also makes room for creativity and fun. Not to mention there are so many studies that talk about how anxiety and depression is at its highest when we are on our phones more. So obviously that natural light is so good for our minds and our moods. It kind of reminds me of that stereotypical surfer dude that's in like movies. He's constantly absorbing the warm sunshine and he never feels like he needs to be in a hurry to go anywhere. He's laid back sometimes to a fault and he seems to feel very little if no stress at all. That's similar to what summer does for our minds and our bodies. Quick side note too about the psychology behind summer bodies. We're drinking more water, we're eating fresher, more whole foods, and we're usually eating smaller portions and then add in a summer tan. And that's what gives our bodies that summer glow. A tan usually creates a more slimming effect. And then the healthier habits may even help us to shed a few pounds. So we just look better in the summer too. And when we look good, we feel good. So that was a pretty quick breakdown of how our habits and our lifestyle can and arguably should change throughout the year as the seasons shift. In another episode, I will get even more technical about what I like to call the in-betweezins, which are the months of like March, May, September, and November. Those seasons that they're kind of like half one season and half another. So like March is kind of still a little bit winter where I live. And it's also like kind of progressing to spring. And then May is like still sort of spring, but it's transitioning to summer. September is like summer to fall. And then November is fall to winter. These seasons can be kind of tricky to embrace. What with like weather constantly shifting and everyone around us either like clinging to the season prior or jumping on the bandwagon to the next one. And then there's also this weird societal idea that we're not allowed to rush seasons or get too excited about them too soon, which is just silly. If it makes you happy, be excited about it. Mic drop. <laughs> so that is all I have for you today. If you enjoyed my little take on seasonal living and how simple it is to implement in your own life, be sure to share this episode to your Instagram story and tag me so that I can hang out with you and I can chat with you a little bit more. And I would also love it if you shared this episode with a friend who would find it helpful and valuable. And lastly, if you left me a review so more people like you can find the show. 
That's it for me. And until next time, enjoy this season and all the eats it has to offer. We made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I am so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me, and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal inspiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at Ashton Cope, where I share it all. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncoatblog.com slash podcast. I will see you there.